Hello, and welcome to Queen Bees, where two 80s babies that drink, curse, and tell it like it is are here to inspire, encourage, and empower others. No candy coating here, with the occasional cursing and lots of laughs. I am Tina, and I like white rum, true crime, and a good time. I'm Lisa, and I love riding my Harley, traveling the world, and a damn cold drink in my hand. Okay, y'all. For this week, we're going to be talking about pregnancy. But before we get into that, we want to say thank you to our 13 steady weekly listeners. We really appreciate it. We want you all to feel like you're just hanging out with us and having a conversation. So thank you so much. We also want to do a shout out to Bonnie's Dresser. Our sister-in-law just opened up her own clothing boutique. She's selling beautiful disaster clothing. If you are in the Wauwatosa, Wisconsin area, go check it out. I've also shared her page to our Facebook page. If you want to check it out there and order something online. And we just finished up a ladies night over at Isabella's boutique. I ended up getting a really cute pair of pants. They're kind of like skinny jeans, but kind of like mom jeans mixed together. Super cute. Super, super cute. And they're black. They got the fringe on the bottom. I really like them. They're really comfortable, too. And that's in the Minocqua, Wisconsin area. We'll also be sharing her page to our Facebook page if you wanted to check that out and possibly order anything online to support small businesses. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope that you're getting a little something out of our little chats uh, weekly uh, because I think that, you know, that's important too. And um, I also went to do a little bit of shopping today at that Isabella's Boutique and lots of cute stuff. I got a banging pair of earrings, a new wallet. I, I, I narrowed it down to one top because I didn't need all the ones I wanted. There were a lot of really cute tops. If I had more money, I definitely would have spent a lot more. Yes. And I did place an order uh, with Bonnie's dresser earlier today because I'm so far away. I just uh, I just messaged her my order. Um, but she's going to be getting those items out to me very shortly. And I will try to send out a picture of the cute stuff I got. All right. So... For today's episode, as I said, we're going to be talking about pregnancies. I have had four different pregnancies, so we'll go over my experiences for those, and Lisa has had two. Yep. My first pregnancy was as a teenager, a late teenager. I was 19 when I had her. So for me, it was not an unplanned pregnancy, but not a planned one. I had made some choices that I ended up having to deal with, and I don't regret my almost 17-year-old at all. That pregnancy was fun yet complicated because I was so young in age mentally that I wasn't really prepared for what 
comes after you get pregnant. It's a child. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> but I didn't have too many complications with that pregnancy. Everything for the most part went pretty smooth. I did have severe heartburn. Ooh, and the pretzels. The entire pregnancy. Like I could drink a glass of water and I would get heartburn. I ended up sleeping in a recliner, my dad's recliner in the living room because I ended up moving back in with my parents. And my mom would make these ranch seasoned pretzels and just the smell of them would make me vomit. And she was making them one night and I got really bad morning sickness. So I'm running up to the bathroom, all ready to puke. And my dad's banging on the door like, what's going on? Are you okay? I'm like, just leave me alone. I'm trying to puke. Like, I need some privacy here. Right. And by the time I was done with that pregnancy, she came out and was normal weight, upper like 6'12". And 21 inches, but she was born with a cleft lip and palate, which we'll discuss in grave detail on a completely different episode because that's a lot of information. But if you want to know a little bit more about it, go ahead and just Google it. It's not life-threatening and it can be fixed. And it's nothing that I did during the pregnancy because I did not drink. I ate fairly healthy I did put on like 50 some pounds because it was my first pregnancy and I was like, oh, well, I'm eating for two. So I just shoveled food in, especially cheesecake. Don't do it. (laughs) Curve that appetite. It is. You're not eating for two. You actually should just eat your normal amounts and not be super concerned about how much weight you put on. But don't be eating and just stuffing yourself because you're in the mentality of, well, I'm going to get fat anyway. Because you're not getting fat. You're growing a child inside of your body. So it's making room for them, not necessarily putting weight on for yourself. Right. Absolutely. I was not uh, cautious when I was pregnant with my first one either. Um, So my firstborn is my son. He was totally planned. Uh, My husband and I got married and we knew that we wanted to start having kids right away. So uh, we started trying right away. And I don't mean to sound really stupid, but I didn't really like research how to get pregnant. And I don't mean the sex part. Clearly, I know how to do that part. I mean, what is the best time of the month to be doing it? to increase your chances of getting pregnant. So there's actually like a little bit of method to the madness in that sense. And I didn't know any better. So we were obviously doing it like rabbits a lot and not getting pregnant. And I couldn't figure out what the hell we were doing wrong. So I finally actually like looked into it and realized we were doing it on all the exact wrong days. Cause like literally as soon as my period would be over, we'd like do it for like a week, week and a half straight. And then we'd be bored of it. You know what I mean? So, so you're like skipping a few days the off that, <laughs> the whole time period where you're actually ovulating and you're 
Yeah. And then we'd go back to it because I was like, okay, I should get my period within the next couple of days. Let's hurry up and knock me up so I don't get one. And yeah, we were literally doing it on all the wrong days. So then I think it was like two months after I like actually read up on it and figured it out. And then we were pregnant. And I was pregnant with my first one when I was 21, which kind of sucked being pregnant the whole year that I was 21. But also with that being said, I drank as a younger individual on a regular basis. I shouldn't say regular basis. That makes me sound like an alcoholic. But I mean, like, my husband was over 21. So we always had beer in the house. We just have a few beers at home or whatever. So to me, it wasn't a big deal that I like missed out on my, you know, majority of my 21st birthday year. I still got my actual 21st birthday and everything. So that was a lot of fun. But yes, he was planned. Um... My pregnancy with him was crazy easy. I feel like I got super lucky. I never had any morning sickness. Other than my boobs swelling and being sore, I honestly never would have even known that I was pregnant other than my missing period, obviously. Um, but yeah, I the first few weeks were great. And then I think it was like when I was about two to three months, I got really tired. Like I could barely make it through the work day. I'd have to like go home and take a nap every day and still sleep like 10 hours at night. And that lasted for maybe a month. And then shortly after that, I got cravings for milk and dairy. And I had to drive by Culver's every single day to get to and from work. So I started getting Culver shakes every day. (laughs) Horrible idea. Um, I gained 40, I think it was 40, 43 pounds with him. Um, I had overall very good pregnancy, very little heartburn. Like I said, very little issues in any, in any way. I was, I was pretty, pretty lucky in that sense. Cause I know there's a lot of people who have the morning sickness or the sickness, you know, throughout the whole pregnancy or, um, you know, crazy cravings in the middle of the night and things like that. I just, I had most of the, you know, typical things. I feel like later on in the pregnancy, you get up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, things like that. Right. And if you're having difficulty getting pregnant, do check out like when you actually ovulate according to your menstrual cycle. And if that's still not working out, go see a professional and find out if, You might have some kind of complications. Like for me, I am RH negative. So when I get pregnant, my body actually thinks that it's a virus and starts attacking the fetus to kill it, which happened with my second pregnancy. My husband and I, my husband now would be his first child, my second We had gotten pregnant, unplanned. We were, I was on contraceptives when we got pregnant, which also goes to show that just being on birth control and not using condoms, you can still get pregnant. Our cousin was on birth control and used condoms and still got pregnant. So obviously that child was meant to be born. Right. But anyway. Since I am RH negative, I have to get a special shot so that my body will not attack the fetus. And my body did attack the fetus. I was four months pregnant when I 
fully miscarried. I had started miscarrying about a month and a half, two months into the pregnancy. I had gone into the doctor, the ER several times, and they just kept telling me, oh, that light spotting is normal. There's nothing to worry about. But I just felt off, completely off. Like, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. And after another 10 weeks of spotting, I was at work one day and I just started bleeding profusely. Had to go to the emergency room and when they were doing the ultrasound, I already knew from the way their faces are. And of course they say they can't say anything and you have to go talk to the doctor. But when it's good news, the ultrasound tech will say things to you. So I knew what was going on. My husband was really upset. And then I ended up having to have a DNC to have the rest of everything removed from my uterus because I did not discharge fully or miscarry fully, however you want to say it, which my husband and I are going to do a completely different podcast and we'll probably put it on with this week's maybe in a couple days after this one comes out about the whole miscarriage and how it affected me how it affected my husband and how it's not something that you should be ashamed of lots of people actually go through it and how to recover from it because that was a whole nother thing as well Then for my third pregnancy, that would be my middle child now, that the first half of my pregnancy actually went pretty smooth. I didn't put on a whole lot of weight, even though I started showing right away. And then about halfway through my pregnancy, I started retaining water and they kept checking on me make sure I was doing okay because my blood pressure was rising and I normally have very low blood pressure. So low that I have to carry salty snacks with me. Otherwise I pass out and I eat a lot of salt on a regular basis and I still have low blood pressure. But I ended up gaining like 50 pounds with that pregnancy, but 48 of that was actually water weight. So I ended up only gaining two pounds. She came out seven pounds, like 14 ounces. So almost an eight pound baby. She gave me 13 cavities. I had perfect teeth before I was pregnant with her. She literally sucked all of the calcium out of my teeth and I had 13 cavities it was horrendous when I went to the dentist after having her and they're like uh you have a lot of work that you need to be done like when's the last time you've seen a dentist and I'm like uh six months ago and they were fine (laughs) so weird things like that can happen and then with the extreme water weight and the blood pressure rising. It's called preeclampsia, which I don't remember exactly what it can do to you. 
I'd have to Google it or you can Google it. But it is life-threatening. And I had so much water weight by the time I was almost ready to pop that I'm laying in bed with my feet under like four pillows because they put me on bed rest, told me to elevate my feet, drink lots and lots of water so that I could pee it out and pee it out. And I felt like the more water I drink, the more water I retained. And I was laying around doing nothing which drove me insane because I'm not a lay arounder. Even when I'm sick, like I'll lay around for a little bit and I'll get like that little burst of energy and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I do it like for five minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm so exhausted again. But I can't like just lay around. But we're laying in bed, my husband and I, and tears are just rolling down my face. I'm like, I can't, I, can't, I couldn't, I could not wiggle my toes. I didn't wear shoes the entire last month of my pregnancy. I wore slippers everywhere because I could not get shoes on, which I ended up throwing those slippers out because they were really bad. (laughs) By the time I was done wearing them. You went to the grocery store and had to ride a motor scooter thing. Yes, I could not walk properly. It hurt to walk. I could feel the water slushing around in my legs. So I had my husband and oldest come with me to the grocery store and I drove around on one of those motorized scooters. They took lots of pictures of me and made fun of me and laughed, which to some good memory now think that that's rude and derogatory, but we love to joke around and just fuck with each other and make light of everything because you only live once and there's no point in getting upset and being butthurt over something that someone said or anything else. So yes, I, at the time I was all embarrassed and everything cause I'm like puffed out like the Michelin man and I'm riding around on this scooter, but looking, looking back at those pictures is hilarious. It really is. And it gives a great story to my middle child of what she did to me while she was inside. But she ended up coming out two weeks early than her due date because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. I went to the, like I said, we were laying in bed, bawling my eyes out. I'm in so much pain. I can't move my toes. It just hurt everywhere. We went to the emergency room in the middle of the night. The doctor, the on-call doctor said that there was nothing that he could do for me and sent me home. But I did have a doctor's appointment the next day. I went in and my doctor was delivering a baby. So they sent in a physician's assistant to do the exam. And I told the physician's assistant what was going on and that I wanted to see my regular OBGYN. And she was like, well, he's delivering a baby. And I'm like, well, I'm not leaving this office until I see him because I'm in so much pain. I cannot keep her inside of me anymore. He needs to take her out. And I laid in that doctor's office, I think, for two and a half hours till he finished delivering the baby that he was delivering. He came in, he took one look at me, he pressed his finger on my leg, took my blood pressure, which was 186 over 102, which for me is 
through the roof because my normal blood pressure is like 107 over 68. So it was almost double. Yeah. He said, uh, you better call your husband because we're going across the street to the hospital. You aren't going home. So I called my sister, said you're going to have to pick up my oldest child from daycare because I'm going to the hospital and she's coming out now. Called my husband, who was driving a log truck at the time, a semi. Told him that I was headed over to the hospital. They're taking her out. What time can you be here? I'll try to hold it off as long as I can. He said, I'll be there in an hour. And he was. She came out at like 5, 6 o'clock at night. And by the time I had left the hospital, I was 7 pounds lighter than before my pregnancy. That's how much water, like 48 pounds of water weight. They had put the catheter in and like I filled the bag constantly. She was in there just draining it all out of me. Mm. It was crazy, horrendous. It was not fun. (laughs) My second pregnancy, I was also very lucky and I didn't really have any issues. Again, no morning sickness or anything like that. Um, Oh, so getting pregnant with my second one, I did try something different. Um, So I, after I had my son and, you know, you kind of get your system back going how it's supposed to, and you're supposed to get, you know, go back to a regular period. And for the first several months, I was getting essentially two periods in a month instead. And one would be like a normal one. And the other one was like this super light thing that you'd have for like a day or two. So I went back to the doctor several times, like figure out what was going on. And then they put me on two forms of birth control thinking like, well, so I was, I had the, I think it was the Mirena. And then I also had the, I was taking the pill to regulate my periods. To like get your hormones back. Yeah. Because they were so out of whack. And I had a lot of problems with the Mirena. I don't know how to explain it, but it just never felt right. I did that after the, my last pregnancy and I felt the same way. Like it just, I, I could feel it as odd as that sounds. Yeah. I could feel it, especially when we had sex and I was like, Ooh, this is uncomfortable. Well, and that was our thing too, is that, like you said, it was just very weird. It was just, I don't know, there was something off about it. And then I never, it, like fully explained it to my husband. I just told him, you know, it's a T-shaped thing they put up in there and it, you know, it does its thing and you don't have to worry about it. And he kept saying like, he swear, he swears he could feel it when we were doing it. And so I called the doctor up and they're like, there's no way we put it way up there. Like no guy's junk is that big and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm like, maybe it's like psychological, like, because I told him there's something up there. Like, Like, okay. So I waited out a little while goes by and like, Sure enough, he keeps telling me, like, dude, something is poking me in there. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the doctor says you can't feel it. You say you can feel it. I don't like this thing. So sure as shit, I end up scheduling an appointment and I go in. And there, again, they tell me, like, there's no way he can feel it. It's way up there. Well, here it turns out that it's got these, like, little wires that hang off of it so that they can eventually pull it back out. And they left them too long. And they are kind of sharp at the end because... They're super long and they nip them shorter once it's in. 
So those tiny little ends were actually poking him. And after they trimmed them shorter, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess he could have felt it because we did kind of leave the wire as long. So it might not all be in their head, just so that you guys are aware. Yes. Um, but anyway, so once I had them take that out and I was no longer taking the pill or anything, I was I went back to that like two period thing. Even though I know it wasn't two periods, it was like it was a messed up thing going on. So I wasn't exactly sure like which cycle was the really like the right cycle because sometimes I'd get like two heavy ones in a row and then two light ones. So it wasn't like a perfect science. So I actually went to go buy a couple pregnancy tests thinking like, okay, we're going to be trying. I want to make sure like if the time comes, I have one at the house. So I went and I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this three pack. And I happened to look and I noticed there's, there's another test there. And I believe it was like a clear blue, but essentially it's an ovulation test instead of a pregnancy test where you pee on a stick every day for a week. And it tells you which day is your best day to get pregnant. And it tells you how to like calculate out from your period and things like that. So I did try that when we were trying to get pregnant with my daughter, Avery, and it totally worked. Like we got pregnant immediately. I didn't think it would, I mean, I knew obviously there's some science behind all of this stuff, but like, you never think you're just going to start trying and it's just like, bam, done. (laughs) Tell me about it. I didn't even, like, we didn't plan, plan the third child, but we got pregnant with him three months after having the second child. So they're literally like their due dates were, are literally a year apart. But they're one year and one week apart because I I had C-sections with all of my children. With the first pregnancy, I only dilated to five and wouldn't dilate any further. And then she had pooped inside of me, which is called uh, meconium, I think it is. And it turns into like this, it's the black tar that they, that is their first poop. And if they in, ingest and inhale it, it can cause serious damage. So because she had shit in there, they insisted that I had to have an emergency C-section, which I didn't totally disagree with either because it had been 18 hours of labor and I was just done. Right. I was done. Uh, I was induced with both of my kids. That was not planned. Um, so my son, uh, my first one, I was measuring to be having a slightly large child. And at my final appointment, he was like, well, you're measuring, you know, we're already measuring him and we're thinking he might be getting close to nine pounds. If we let you go too much longer, he might get too big for you to have him come out naturally. Um, or I should at least say vaginally, I think technically naturally is like no epidural or anything. Um, So come out vaginally. And I did want to do a vaginal birth. So we scheduled an induction date if I didn't go into labor before that date. So he came a week late um, on my induction date. I was induced and essentially that's where you go in and they give you medication through an IV to isn't it the Pitocin? Yes, it's Pitocin. Yes, I hated that. They gave me that when I went, after I went into labor with Skylar. I was like, ugh. It kind of is supposed to make your labor move along and things like that. Um, but in my case with Hunter, it was not working. 
And they actually offered me to go home and come back the next day. And at that point, we had already been there for, I don't even know, I want to say we got there at like 6.30 in the morning. I think this was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon that this happened. So eight hour, nine hours, whatever the hell it was. And I was like, I really don't want to go home. Like, I didn't sleep last night because I was so excited about this. Like, right. like what no, else can we not do? Going home. You are, we are getting this done today. And I didn't really want to do a C-section. I mean, obviously, if I needed to, I would. Um, but he said, well, you're like borderlining almost three centimeters dilated. So he is like, we can try breaking your water. But if that doesn't get your labor going, you will be having a C-section tonight. And I was willing to take the chance. So he broke my water. And literally, I could feel labor like instantly like while my water was still flowing out i felt my first contraction finally yes and i'd been getting pitocin at the the most amount for like over six hours the max amount for like six hours it was insane after they broke your water it did start going so much faster because i was there with her not for the whole delivery but the beginning part and I remember Michael was like kind of freaking out a little bit because he, oh, yeah. he totally that you were in pain <laughs> and he didn't know how to help you but wanted to help you. And after I explained how he needs to read the waves on the machine, like when they go up, that's when she's having a rough contraction. So you, when you see those go up, you need to be telling her, breathe in, out, breathe, breathe through it. Because you were also holding your breath through your contractions. Yes, which then the alarms go off because if I'm not breathing, that means the baby's not breathing. So the nurse came in, what, two, three times and like yelled at me yes. about that. But then finally, I mean, I did get an epidural and I'm very, very glad that I did. I don't regret that for one second. Yeah, you were telling Michael, like, get that nurse right now. I need that epidural now. Yes. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Our merch is now available at teesprings.com queen-bs. We also have listener support available on our Anchor webpage. If you are unable to purchase or donate anything, that's okay. You can still help out by liking, subscribing, and rating. Every little bit helps so we can keep creating new content every week. Our goal here is to get you three episodes a week. In order to do that, we need your help. Email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com with your own experiences and questions that we can share on future episodes. What did you think of your epidural? 
I honestly, I was in so much labor pain with my first one. I didn't feel a freaking thing when they did it. I know some people are like, or even when they went to do it, I think they said this might feel like a little bit of a bee sting. I didn't feel shit because my contractions with all the Pitocin I was jacked up with, my contractions were so intense. They told me pretty much I was having contractions like I should be delivering the baby right now, but I was only dilated to like five. Right. So, I mean, I did not feel a thing. Well, I ended up having an epidural with the first one for the emergency C-section. I really did want to try to have her completely naturally. And my water did break at home before we went into the hospital. But like I said, I just wasn't dilating past five. So then they started pumping me with the Pitocin. Then for me, adding the Pitocin in made the contractions just so much worse. And I was in a lot of pain. And then once they said they had to do the emergency C-section, they had to come in and give me the epidural, which they put it in on my lower back, but I was literally numb from my neck down. On the operating table, my... I don't really know what to call him. X. Baby daddy. (laughs) Her biological sperm donor. Yes, that's a good one. Freaked out in the operating room while holding my hand, which I couldn't feel. And my arm fell off of the operating table. And the anesthesiologist came over and told me that I need to keep my arm on the table. I said, my arm's off the table. Mm -mm. Like, I was high as shit. I even, they were started counting to make sure that they didn't leave anything inside of me after they cut me open. And I asked my mom why they were counting. My mother was in the delivery room. She even got to stand on a step stool and watch them cut me open and pull her first grandbaby out of me. She said it was amazing. She did not take any pictures because that's not everybody can handle that kind of stuff. But my mother was in the room and was blessed to see her come out and loved it. Thought it was absolutely amazing. So for me, the epidural was absolutely horrible. And I told them that when we got pregnant with our other two children that I did not want to do the epidural, that I wanted something else if there was something else. So for the two that I had with my husband, I ended up getting, they call it like a spinal tap type thing where it's a lower, it's similar to the epidural. They still put it in like an epidural, but it's a way lower dose of whatever it is and a completely different medication which I was also allergic to. So they also had to give me a huge dose of Benadryl, which then made me super tired and I fell asleep like right after they were done taking her out. Same with my youngest. I went to bed like right after we got back to the recovery room. Where Did you get really tired? Well, after Hunter... I was already tired because I there were so many hours of pushing and it was the middle of the night. So I had gone in at like 6, 6.30 in the morning and they broke my water at like 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. 
And then I really didn't start pushing until the middle of the night. Yeah, so he was, like was out at like three. I delivered him about three thirty in the morning. So I was just tired from Being it. Literally, for so had long. been for, yeah, and all the stress on my body and everything. Um, but I had an epidural with my second one as well. And I didn't feel tired after it or anything. I just felt like it was fine. The only thing that was weird about that one is actually they came in, they did the epidural and it did not work, which made me a little nervous. Cause you know, they say they can like damage things if they don't do it correctly. Right. So they did the first one and it didn't work at all. And I kept telling her it's not working. And she's like, Oh, it takes a little bit of time. And I'm like, I know, but I remember from my first pregnancy, like you, you can kind of feel it like working over your body. Yeah. Like, starting to like, sink in make yeah. you feel kind of heavy because you start it does make you feel kind of heavy where it's supposed to right. work like I feel like at first and it's like, more of like a relax like it's like, like a, a warm a, rush of water yeah and then it gets body. more intense and eventually yes. everything's just numb but with Avery when I was uh getting my epidural with her I felt nothing like I could still feel my contractions and everything and luckily I had to ask for the epidural like as soon as humanly possible because again I had to be induced with Avery because she um Towards the end of my pregnancy with her, I had a completely different job. I waitressed, actually. Um, so towards the end of my pregnancy, we had a night at work. I got crazy, crazy busy. And literally by the end of the night, I couldn't even walk. Like, my hips just felt like they were going to give out. I could barely walk the next day. Like, my husband had to, like, help me walk to and from the bathroom. And then I called the doctor on Monday and said, like, hey, here's what happened. Like, do you need to come check me? Do I need to come in to be checked out or what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I'd feel better if you came in. So I explained to him everything that happened. And essentially just because, like, I was getting closer to delivering and your body is kind of, like, relaxing, loosening up, getting ready to go into labor. Like, my hips were just more relaxed, too relaxed, whatever you want to say. And he was worried that with that... If I were to fall, I could very much so hurt myself and hurt, if not kill the baby, if I were to just fall. So he actually recommended that I get induced. So I was induced a week early with her. I was kind of disappointed I never got that moment of like, oh my God, my water broke. Yay. It's not that fantastic. But it isn't. <laughs> because I already had Hunter, it was also super freaking convenient to be like, hey, I'm getting induced tomorrow, Tina. Like, can you take my son? Right. So there's that. But with that one, I got a little nervous when the epidural didn't work. And then literally I felt them pull it out. And then when she redid it, I didn't feel anything really. I didn't really notice but I'm not like, I'm not a person who has a problem with needles. I'm not a person who, you know, if I, when I, when I was on depo, um, when I would get it, I would like wince in pain a bunch or anything well, or shots or anything like that. But... I just mean like the, the way I felt after you're like coming off of it. No, but and I'm I felt a, like I'm... however they did it with Avery was, even though I was nervous cause they had to do it twice, it worked and it wore off ex like much faster with Avery. And maybe that's because I wasn't getting it as long. I don't know exactly how when you get an epidural, it works. Like if it's just a certain amount at a time or they keep like giving it to you over time. But with Avery, it like shortly after I had her, I could already feel it wearing off. Whereas Hunter, it's like they gave me so much. My whole lower body was dead. Right. Like, And I don't like that feeling it was, when you can't move yourself. Like, But I'm also... When I have to go in and have any kind of surgeries or operations done, I prefer not to be put under or paralyzed in any kind of way because I am violent when I come out of it. I get very irritable. I will call the nurse a fucking cunt, bitch, 
suck my dick. Like I, <laughs> I fucking hate you type of person coming off of that kind of stuff. And so is my oldest when she had her, um, to her final tubes put in her ears. She was so violent that we had to restrain her. She was punching and kicking both me, my husband, my mother, like throwing herself into the door, the wall. We ended up having to restrain her to the hospital bed till she fully came off of all of her medication. And I've heard some people can just be like that. I know um, I've heard stories of, of things like that, but I've just never been that way. I've been put under a few times throughout my life and... Most people say I'm like really nice. Like I remember one time some lady told me that I told her a whole story about how much I like cookies. I do remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to babies and delivery. Um, so my daughter Avery was crazy easy to deliver. I don't know if it was just because my second, my body knew what it was doing, but she came so insanely fast. Like Hunter, it was like hours and hours and hours of pushing. Like it was never ending. Even the nurse was like, you got to do better at pushing. And I was like, I freaking am. You know, it's like three o'clock in the morning. We've been going at this for hours. Like, come on. But he was significantly bigger. So he was eight and a half pounds. So he wasn't quite as big as they thought he was going to be. Thank God. Um, And then my daughter Avery was just over seven pounds. So maybe between my body knowing what it needed to do because it had done it once before and her being smaller and and being already somewhat shifted wider than before from delivering could have helped. Um, But yeah, she came crazy fast. Like I got my epidural. I think it was like 3.30 in the afternoon, 3.40-ish. Wasn't she born at like (laughs) 5? No, 4 o'clock. I literally was that fast. Like they got my epidural in and I was barely feeling contractions when they did my epidural. So I think they did it the first time. It was like 310, 315. Then they redid it at like 330, 340. It was fully working by 345. They left. I literally was talking to my husband for a few minutes. I asked if I could listen to some music on my like iPod or whatever at the time it was. I didn't get through one song and I told him, I was like, go get a nurse. Something's wrong. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I feel like something's going to explode down there. And sure as shit, he got a nurse. She came and checked me and they said she was already crowning. Like she was delivering herself. She came so fast. I was like in shock when they gave her to me versus Hunter. It was like hours and hours and hours. They gave him to me. And at first he didn't cry. So I was a little nervous. I was like, he's not crying. They're like, that's okay. Some of them don't cry. Well, then they, you know, tap his feet a little bit and they get him going. They rub him a little bit and he wakes up and he cries, lets out one or two cries. And that was the end of that. Then they clean him up and they gave him to me. And I tell you what, I have never felt so much love in my life. I honestly felt sorry for my husband because I was like, I don't think I could, I could love you as much as I love this baby right now. Like this is literally the most incredible moment of my life. And then on the complete flip side, when I had my daughter, I didn't get that rush of emotion right away because it happened so freaking fast. I was literally in shock. Like, I specifically remember looking at her in my arms like, wait, what? Like, what just happened here? I mean, I'm not even kidding. It was literally two pushes. She was out. And Hunter was like three hours of pushing. Maybe more. I mean, it was insane, the difference. So every every pregnancy can be different. Every labor can be different. You could have, like, for me, both of mine were induced, but I did deliver both of them vaginally. I know people can have C-sections and then go to vaginal or do I vaginal. I did want to do a V-back, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean with my second one, but 
because I ended up getting preeclampsia, we ended up doing an emergency C-section with my second. And then my OBGYN said that I could try to do a VBAC with my third, even though it's not recommended because you end up getting so much scar tissue on your uterine wall, your abdomen wall, and then all of your muscles in there and everything that if you do do a VBAC after so many times of having a C-section, your chances of tearing that and ruining it, that's where they cut open. So I ended up scheduling a C-section with my last, which for me and my husband turned out perfectly. Like we knew exactly what day to go in. We had to be there at five o'clock in the morning. He was out by like seven o'clock in the morning. And when you and already have kids, just so the planned. convenience of that was nice. Oh yeah, because nice. then I was like, okay, Lisa, I'm I'm going in, and they're gonna take them out on Friday at six a.m. So I'm gonna send the kids over Thursday night. They'll sleep over because we're leaving at you know four thirty in the morning. Right. And then I'll call you when I wake up because I wanted to sleep afterwards because I knew what was coming after having all that medicine in me plus the Benadryl. So because I literally started itching super bad and then the the huge dose of Benadryl that they give me would just knock me out. So I'm like, I just want to sleep for a couple hours, actually rest after having a child taken out of your body or pushing a child out of your body is a lot of work. And I just wanted rest. Like don't come at eight o'clock in the morning Come right. after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take a freaking nap. <clears throat> and I was also in the hospital for five days with my first one because of her being born with a cleft lip and palate. And she was jaundice and we couldn't get rid of the jaundice they sent her home with a billy blanket, which is like a lighted a lighted blanket that you have to wrap them in throughout the day several times and all night long, which she ended up recovering from. For the record, it's super cute. It makes the baby look like a little glow worm. Yes. I still to this day remember that, and I'll never forget how cute it was. I know like it's a medical condition and she needed it and everything, so I should probably be a little bit more or should have been probably a little bit more concerned, but I couldn't you help were but think how thinking cute. A, a teenager, <laughs> yes, a young teenager, because like I said, I was nineteen, so she was only fourteen, going on fifteen. 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 And my brother was 13 going on 14. So they were aunts and uncles as young teenagers. But we make light of everything. I mean, like I said, we joke and tease each other just to fuck around and then be a bunch of assholes because we think it's hilarious. And that's how our family rolls. If it's not how your family rolls, fine. So be it. Let us know how your family rolls. Right. And then for when I had Jocelyn, my second, I was only in the hospital for two days because I knew what I needed to do because they, of course, make you get up and walk around for so many times. You have to take a shit. So as soon as my medicine wore off, I was up and down those halls, walk, 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 working up that poop. I freaking pooped. I was like, all right, sign the paperwork. I want to get out of here. I want to go home. And they were like, it's only been two days. I'm like, two days is long enough. But with my son, 
I went in at five o'clock in the morning on a Friday or a Thursday, whatever day it was. And I was out by seven o'clock the next day. Nice. I forced, I walked around, I pooped. I was like, nope, I'm going home tomorrow. I am not staying for the two days. I've already done this twice before. I will feel more comfortable at home. I want to go home. As long as he is cleared to go, I'm going. They did his, uh, what's it called? Circumcision? Yes. And got them all ready to go. And I, we packed up and went home. So because I delivered vaginally, I did not have to stay as long as you did. Um, my first one, I stayed for two days. Um, almost like, I don't know if you want to technically say three because of how it falls. Cause he was born at like three in the three in the morning. Like right. it's got to go two days from that. So like I was technically there in the hospital the whole day before I actually delivered him. Right. So three days, if you count it that way. But then when I had Avery, I came in that day and they did release me the next day by noon. They said, usually they don't do that. Usually they make them stay at least a minimum of 24 hours. Um, but cause I had already had a baby and same as you, like I knew what I was doing and essentially, like I said, my epidural wore off way fucking faster with my second one. So literally a few hours later, I was walking the halls. I was, I was like, babe, I want, I can't even remember what it was now, but I think it was like Chinese or something. I was like, please go get me some right. Mexican or whatever the hell it was I wanted. Each one is so, cause I was eating and walking and great. They let me go the next day. So like I was really laid in bed, just hung out with my first one did not want them taking her to the nursery, like had her in my room the whole time. She also was my first. So I was, you know, like just in there, right. like, ah, overprotective mom. Yes. And then with the second one, it was, I did let them take her more to the nursery. Not a whole lot, but Definitely enough to at least get some rest and some sleep, let my husband sleep. And with my youngest, Thomas, like we had him snuggled up a little bit as soon as he fell asleep and they wanted to do some stuff. And she's like, is it okay if I take him to the nursery? I'm like, yeah, keep him there. I'm going to bed. You want to take my two other kids while you're <laughs> Which I think just comes with after after you've had several pregnancies and deliveries, you learn the ins and outs of what really goes on in that labor and delivery room. And when those NICU or PDO, whatever kind of nurses, what are they called? Pe pet, pe peds petty, nurses? Petty nurses? I don't know. Peds nurses? <laughs> pe pe oh, yeah. I think they are peds nurses. When they say they want to just take them to the nursery and they'll, they'll handle everything, take them up on that fucking offer. Because once you go home, you don't have that option anymore. Right. You are the one getting up in the middle of the night until they sleep all the way through the night, which some kids sleep right away through the night. Both my girls were sleeping a full eight hours by the time they were two months old. My son, on the other hand, did not sleep a full night. And I mean a full six to eight hours of sleep till he was nine months old. And he wouldn't sleep in anything but a swing. So we ended up getting a swing and putting it in our room so that we could sleep. Right. Because I, I was pulling my hair out. I'm like, I, I can't function on two, three hours of sleep anymore. This is just ridiculous. Right. Especially when you have other kids 
you know, that you have to tend to throughout the day. It's not like you can just take naps whenever when it's just the one, you know, you can kind of nap when they nap, but that doesn't Wait, always work out when you have more. To nap when they nap and all that changes the more kids you add into the mix. And same with pregnancies though. Like you said, you were super tired with the one. You can't always take a nap if you have another kid there that you right. need to be taking care of. And that was something I was worried about when I got pregnant with Avery. I was like, ooh, I really, I mean, like, I physically had to take naps. I could not keep my eyes open. But I never got that with Avery. Like, I just totally skipped that. And use all of your resources, too. You've got, you've got friends, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, moms, dads. If you are feeling that you are extra tired and you need a nap and you have kids already, hit them up. Like, hey, can you just take the kids for a couple hours? I'm ex I'm so exhausted. I just need to take a nap. Because your body does need some extra rest. It's growing another human being. And it's okay to ask for help. You might even have a super cool neighbor. Like, I have one neighbor who asks me all the time if my daughter and son can come over and maybe bake with her one of these days. Now, obviously, my kids are a little older and I don't need naps or anything because I don't have a little baby. But in that instance, it's like my neighbor, I know in a heartbeat, if something did come up, I could call her and be like, hey, any chance you want to bake some cookies with the kids today? Like, I've got this going on for a little bit or, you know, I'm not feeling well. I need to take a nap or whatever. And she would be in seventh heaven because she doesn't have any grandkids. So to have my kids come over and hang out with her for a little bit, like she literally looks forward to when my kids are selling crap because she like <laughs> brings them into her house and like, I'll warn her. I'll be like, Hey, Avery's going to come hit you up for some Girl Scout cookies. And she's like, Oh, send her after two. I got to bake some brownies. So we can like, hang out. Yeah. She like bakes them Makes goodies to come like over. A, like the neighborhood grandma that just yes. takes care of the other kids, which is so sweet too. And like, you know, like we were saying, every pregnancy is different. Every delivery can be different. Every child can be different. Don't worry if one's different from the other and there's new things that you're experiencing or this is your first pregnancy and you have no idea what the fuck's going on. And Reach out to resources. There's so much out there and don't believe everything you read on the internet. I know that that's kind of a common knowledge thing, but it's also very easy for people to Google things and you will get so many different mixed opinions. Make sure whatever site you're on is a valid source. I would say don't even read any of those sites. Talk to your doctor. Don't listen to the internet, social media, your even your friends because each person can have I had four different pregnancies. All four of them were completely different and completely different from the two pregnancies that you had. Right. And I also didn't like it when people would say, oh, well, you're going to have those. This is going to happen when you get pregnant or, or all other negative things that people say happen to them during their pregnancy. Don't let that scare you either. Brush it off. Don't worry about it. Yes, I had one really bad pregnancy that didn't stop me from having another child that like we said, each one can be different. And the aftermath of labor can be detrimental on your body. Like like I said, I had three C-sections. And with my first C-section, my staples busted apart. And I ended up getting a really bad infection in my cut of my C-section that they ended up having to put me on massive antibiotics. 
but that didn't happen with the other two C-sections. So each one is different. And when you have a vaginal birth, you can have tearing from them coming out, or they can cut your, what the, what part of that is? I don't know, but they, I know they cut downwards, like towards your butt. Yeah, whatever. Like the, I, yeah, if you, if you're not, if your body's not going to like stretch enough and there's things that they can do to oh, like an episiotomy. Yes. And there's things that they do too. Like they'll massage the area to help it stretch and things like that. Yes. If you need something like that. Um, but yeah, all those things are options too. And don't worry about having, having to be cut or if you tear or anything like that, it all can be repaired. It doesn't go completely back to normal. Your body never does. And that's okay too, because you grew a human. I mean, my boobs are completely different. Right. I went from a C to a 38 triple D and now they're just like saggy uh, old man socks with, <laughs> with golf balls hanging in there. Potato sacks. <laughs> yes. Hanging around. <sighs> but we can talk about all the gory details of how your body looks afterwards. Everybody knows you get your tiger stripes. You, you know, your Beauty body marks. goes through a loss. Yep. Rock but- it like a queen. Yes, you grew a baby and that's what's important. Um, So hit us up. Let us know if you have any questions about us being pregnant, delivering our kids, differences um, between, you know, any of the things that we've experienced or share what you've experienced. Maybe you've had some wonderful experiences or some not so wonderful experiences that you're willing to share. We'd be happy to listen. Um, So hit us up if you have anything you want to send our way. You can reach us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, you name it, we're on it. Look us up, share with a friend, and for this week, our challenge to you is to be proud of yourself. Whether you have kids, you don't have kids, maybe you have a significant other, you don't have a significant other, find something to be proud of yourself for. Maybe you have a wonderful career or you've got an A on a homework assignment or college assignment of some sort or project you've been working on. Maybe you have a hobby that you've been trying something new on and that, you know, your project finally is coming together. Find something to be proud of yourself for. Yep. Or you made a new friend. Like we challenged you last week or contacted an old friend, which I did contact an old friend, my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I reached out, made, made contact. Perfect. So until next time. Toodles.